a young pilot had just passed the point of no return when the weather changed for the worse. Visibility dropped to a matter of feet as fog descended on the earth. Putting total trust in the cockpit instruments was a new experience, for the ink was still wet on the certificate (laughs) that he was qualified for instrument flying. The landing was what worried him the most. His destination was a crowded metropolitan airport that he wasn't familiar with. In a few minutes, he knew that he would be in radio contact with the control tower, and until then, he flew alone with his thoughts. His instructor had practically forced him to memorize the rule book. He didn't really care for that at the time, but now he was thankful that he had such a good instructor. Finally, he heard the voice of the air traffic controller. I'm going to put you on a holding pattern, the controller radioed. Oh, no, (laughs) thought the pilot. I just want to land this thing. However, he knew that his safe landing was in the hands of a highly qualified person in the control tower. All he could do was draw upon his training and trust the voice of an air traffic controller he had never seen. Aware that this was no time for pride, he told the controller, I'm not a seasoned pro up here. I would appreciate any help you could give me. You've got it, the controller replied. And for the next 45 minutes, the controller gently guided the pilot through the blinding fog. As course and altitude changes, corrections came periodically. The young pilot realized that the controller was guiding him around obstacles and away from potential collisions, listening carefully to the steady voice of the controller. He landed safely at last. We have a spirit who guides us, the Holy Spirit, a spirit who guides us through the fog and the storms and, yes, even the sunny days of life much like that air traffic controller. We have a guidebook, too, the Bible. But the Holy Spirit is the living presence of God guiding us safely home if we will listen to His steady voice and obey His commands. And so this morning I want to talk about this Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit in our organic outreach as believers in Christ. When we become Christians, all of us receive the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes to live inside every follower of Jesus Christ. Acts 2.38 says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Besides salvation from our sins... The Holy Spirit is one of the greatest blessings of being born again. The indwelling presence of God is an amazing benefit to every follower of Christ. Jesus told his early disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you and be with you. And the indwelling spirit is Jesus living inside of us. Actually, Jesus living his life through us. In our bodies. Isn't that incredible? Have you ever stopped to think what it means that Jesus is living in you and me today? The only problem with Jesus' promise 
to live in us and through us is that it is dependent on our willingness to be led by His Spirit. We can either submit to the Spirit or we can resist the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit or we can fan into flame the Spirit of God in our hearts. So you and I decide how much of an impact the Spirit of God will have in our lives. This is an awesome responsibility given to us, one that we dare not take lightly. From the beginning to the end of our lives, we have free will. That's good and bad. We can decide whether to obey God or to ignore Him. And even after we have made the commitment to follow Jesus, we may still struggle with yielding control of our daily lives to Him. And when we do, it is probably because we don't realize what a wonderful gift we have been given. During the Great Depression of the 1930s, there was a man named Yates who owned a sheep ranch in West Texas. Times were really hard for everyone. And Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough money on his ranching operation to pay the principal and interest on the mortgage. He was in danger of losing his property. With little money for clothes or food, his family was barely able to survive. And day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled about how he would pay the mounting bills. Suddenly, one day, a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told him that based on their calculations, there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and Mr. Yates signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 gallons, barrels, I should say, a day. Several of the wells they drilled later were more than twice that amount. In fact, 30 years after the discovery Hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil were still coming out of those oil fields. And guess what? Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the ranch, he had received all the oil and mineral rights. Yet he had been living at a level where he could barely survive. He was a multimillionaire living in poverty. So what was the problem? He didn't know that the oil was there, even though he owned it. He was not aware of the miracle that laid within his own property. And he struggled with his family for years because they didn't know the treasure they already owned. Obviously, you get the parallel. Many Christians are living in spiritual poverty because they do not know the wealth that lies within them, inside them, the Holy Spirit. They do not tap into the knowledge and the gifts of the Holy Spirit of God's Spirit living inside them, and they miss the great birthright that they have been given. Are we following the lead of the Holy Spirit? For weeks now, we've been teaching that we need to be dependent on God in prayer. Nothing lasts for eternity without God's power, and it is power, uh, prayer that unleashes God's power in our lives. So we're going to look at an amazing passage of Scripture this morning, probably one that you're familiar with in Ephesians chapter 6 that talks about God and about 
the armor of God. But in the middle and at the end of this passage, Paul talks about prayer and the value, the great value of prayer. And so let's read it together from Ephesians 6, starting with verse 12. For our struggle is not against the devil's, uh, against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. As I should. Now, we could spend a lot of time studying this passage this morning, and I encourage you to do that on your own. But let me just point out three quick things in this passage that I want to focus on. First of all, Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against people, it's against the spiritual forces of evil that are in this world. People are not the enemy, Satan is. When we're trying to reach out to other people who are lost, people that are are caught up in all the things of this world that keep them away from God and keep them in a distance so far from God they don't even know who God is, it's not them that we're battling. It's the forces of evil that have control of their lives. And Paul says, secondly, that we must wear God's armor in order to wage what is a very spiritual battle. We see physical things all around us, but beneath the surface is this this spiritual battle that is going on day in and day out. We cannot stand on our own, but with the power of God, we are invincible. And one of the great things that the Holy Spirit brings to us is a power that we have not of our own, a power that goes far beyond anything that we could even muster if we put all of our power together. The Spirit of God in us helps us to stand and to be able to wage war valiantly we must also thirdly pray in the spirit at all times in various ways i want to focus on that today that we would be praying in the spirit and that we would be praying with the spirit's help so what is this praying in the spirit at all times well prayer can be a lot of different things but in very simple terms praying in the spirit is just simply having a personal conversation with god anytime anywhere Because the Spirit is in us, and there is this conversation, there is this continual interaction that can happen if we are aware of it, and if we will take advantage of it. Praying in the Spirit is one of the best ways that we can find intimacy with God. As we pray, we become closer to God because we have private and very real conversations with Him, conversations that no one else is privy to. We can own up to anything, any thought, any any desire, any 
problem that we face in this life immediately when God is with us. We speak to him about what's on our hearts and he speaks to us with wisdom and truth and guidance. The primary purpose for prayer, then, I think, is to draw close to God and to admit our need for God. And when we do, then his spirit is able to work in a powerful way in our lives. What do you expect to pray when you pray? What do I expect to happen when we pray? Some people think that we pray so that we can get what we want. Children often do that, you know, put a list before God, uh, kind of like writing up the list for Santa Claus at Christmas. Just put it out there and say, God, this is what I want. I hope you'll deliver. And if you don't, I may or may not believe in you again. And some people put God to the test, but that is not the purpose of prayer. This is a misguided expectation for our prayers. Prayers, in fact, are meant, not meant to change God or to change God's will. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. Because when we pray, we begin to understand God's ways and God's will. Praying in the spirit may or may not even change our circumstances or anyone else's circumstances, but it should always change us. And that is the point of prayer. When we pray in the spirit, we submit to God and we ask him to lead us and to guide us. Over the past few weeks. In this organic outreach series, I have been encouraging everyone to begin noticing and pay attention to the lost people around us. I wonder if you started to learn some of the things of what people are going through. Do you know them by name? Have you even written down their names, perhaps? Are you noticing them and trying to find ways to be kind to them and to reach out to them in genuine friendship and love? Has God put someone on your heart that we have called our one that we pray for. Perhaps there are several ones that God has laid on your heart. Are you praying consistently for them? Are you praying for their salvation? I hope so. And if you aren't doing this yet, here's where you begin. Start right here, praying for the people that God has put on your heart. Praying for the people that you realize are lost without Christ. Perhaps you haven't started any of things because you think you're too busy. You like to do these things. You even feel like they're important, but you never seem to have enough time for things already. How could you possibly, you think, add this responsibility to your already busy life? Kevin Harney, the author of Organic Outreach, tells a story of a Christian brother named Jason that he met when he went to consult with a church. He was there to help the church do a better job of evangelism. And Jason was one of the key staff members of that church, very, very good a brother in Christ, somebody that God was using in great ways, but not one that was reaching out to the lost, really, anywhere. Jason understood that every Christian was supposed to try to have an impact on non-believers. He just didn't think that he had time to have any meaningful relationships with them. He would pray for them. He would uh, do what he could from the side, but he was never really directly involved in any non-Christian's life. He was already too busy, he thought, raising his family, doing his other ministry tasks that he had been assigned. So when Harney heard all this, he didn't confront Jason right away. He didn't talk with him about all of that and, and challenge him. He just challenged him to pray. He asked him a simple question. Jason, do you have time to pray at least? Well, Jason had to think about that for a minute because he knew how busy he was. But he said, oh, yeah, I do. Of course, I have time to pray. So Harney prayed with Jason right then. 
And they asked together that the Holy Spirit would move in Jason's life and schedule so that he could begin reaching out to lost people. Well, Jason later told Harney that later that very same afternoon, he was prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray some more, to pray even more than they had this morning. And he came before God by himself, and he opened his heart to God and asked that God would help him to somehow reach out to others. He really didn't think that he had time to do much. But he said, God, if God kicked open a door for me, I promised him that I would walk through it. That very evening, there was a knock on Jason's door, his front door of his house. He went to answer it, and there was a neighbor standing outside, a man that he knew, a man that he did not know very well, and he wanted to talk. Jason invited him inside. The neighbor asked him, would you be willing to teach me about God, he asked. They agreed to begin a Bible study together. And after a few sessions of that, the neighbor asked if he could invite some other people to join them. Jason said, sure. And this ended up with several other neighbors coming. This led to some new and amazing connections and deeper relationships with people right on the street where Jason was living. (laughs) And only a few hours after Jason prayed, God opened a door. He kicked open a door, to use Jason's words. Perhaps in time, Jason will be instrumental in, in leading some of his neighbors to faith in Jesus Christ. We must pray in the Spirit. We must constantly feed and renew our desire to be led by the Spirit. We must be careful not to be so full of our own plans that there is no room for God. And if that is the case, we've really turned everything backwards, haven't we? The way our relationship with God should begin and continue is with our humble hearts admitting we need His daily leadership in our lives. And then we must constantly increase our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to His leadership, to His directions, to His insights, to the wisdom that He wants to give us. Are you and I sensitive to the Spirit's leadings? You know, if today you came here and maybe went to a doctor and you had a skin condition that made you sensitive to heat or cold, you would be highly aware of changes in your environment. It would be difficult to go certain places because your skin would have an immediate reaction and maybe flare up in a rash or hives or worse. If you had sensitivity to light, you would have to wear sunglasses all the time or maybe buy those special glasses that change, you know, shift whenever the light gets brighter. You would be ultra-sensitive to any changes in the amount of light you were exposed to. If you had a severe food allergy, you would have to be vigilant about the foods that you ate. The most innocuous-looking dishes could cause your body to react violently if you accidentally ate something you were not supposed to. And in the same way, we need to be ultra-sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His leading. We need to listen to His voice and to follow His prompting and some guidance. And we need to pray for our sensitivity to increase. And pray that you and I would be willing to obey when He speaks to our hearts. Now, I said we're going to have a little shorter message today. And Steve's going to come up and share some really good things that the leadership wants to share today. 
But before we do that, I want to just give you some practical pointers about prayer because there are some things that, that were highlighted in, in my study that I think I need to share. So if you have a place to write down a few minutes uh, uh, notes, just do that real quickly here. I want to tell you something about how we can pray for people and how we can pray with people. Pray for people and pray with people. Praying for people, first of all. Praying for lost people nearby as you learn about their needs and their struggles and their dreams. Pray mostly for their salvation in Christ. So what kinds of prayer am I talking about? What could you do to pray, maybe in a new way, in a way that would energize you and keep you praying? One of those is to go on a prayer walk. If you don't know what that is, prayer walk is defining an area where you pray for the people in that area. Maybe it's down your street. Just In our case, it would be a cul-de-sac or maybe around a block. Maybe it's through a neighborhood. Maybe it's around the building where you work. Maybe in your school. You pick the place where lost people are and you take time just to walk through that area and pray for the people that are there and do that on a consistent basis. Number two is triple five prayers, five, five, five. Pray for five people for five minutes for five days each week, Monday through Friday. Just one minute per person. In five minutes, you're done praying for all five of those people, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Or listening prayers. Here's a new idea, maybe that you have not even tried. To sit with your Bible and a notepad and ask for God to speak to your heart however He chooses to. Maybe you read some scripture, but you keep this openness, tremendous openness to listen, not to speak, not to tell God what you want, not to tell Him what you think He should do, not to request what you want Him to okay in your life, but to say, God, I'm just open. Show me. Show me somebody. Show me something. Tell me something I'm not aware of. Now I'm open. I'm not, I'm not forcing anything. I'm just waiting for you to speak to me. Warfare prayers. Picture the spiritual battle that we're in. Pray for amazing strength and resilience in your life. Be encouraged be reminded that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we have a power that is far beyond ourselves. Pray for God to guide you and to strengthen you. Pray also for harvest workers. Jesus said this, didn't he? He said there's this big harvest, but there are very few people willing to go. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would, he would somehow recruit and, and get all these new workers equipped and working in his field. So pick one of these kinds of prayer. Give it a try this week. Eventually, try the others too. But just keep praying. Find a way to keep praying. Pray for people that are lost. Pray with people, even people that are not yet there with God. Ask the people around you if there's anything going on that you could pray for. And then take that moment to pray with them. You know, I found very few people that would, would refuse that. Kevin Harney says he's asked that question for 30 years, and he's never had anybody say no. No, there's no problem. I, I don't need you to pray about anything. Everyone has said it's even, even atheists and agnostics and people that are very far from God who doesn't, don't even believe there is a God still would let you pray for them because everybody has something going on that needs our prayers. Most people are just grateful that someone is kind and compassionate enough to reach out to them and make an offer to pray for them. When they do share, 
a need or anything else, then pause right then and let me give you a couple suggestions because maybe you would pray your normal way and it's maybe not the best way to pray right then. First of all, keep your prayer brief, less than a minute. Just pray for that specific thing, but use simple everyday language, not King James English. (laughs) Let your words be conversational, natural. Just, Just say a simple statement. And ask for God's help. Pray for the person's specific needs or joy. Uh, Just be very targeted on that one thing. Pray in the name of Jesus. There is power in Jesus' name. And when those prayers are answered, they need to know who to thank for that. Check in with them later on if you can to see how things are going. So I want to encourage you again. Give this a try this week. Maybe even today. You're going to go out to lunch today. Try a restaurant prayer with your server, if they're willing, as you are ordering your food. Say, you know, when your food is brought, we're going to pray. We always do. We thank God for it. Is there anything that, that we could pray for, anything going on in your life or your family that we could pray for when the food gets here? And then they leave to take your order in. They come back in a few minutes. And if they decide that there is something, they'll tell you. They'll say, yeah, you, know, you asked about this. Would you pray for this? If they say nothing, you leave it. You just leave it alone. You don't press it. You don't push it. But I found that sometimes people will even say, can I pray with you right now? Can, we, can you just pray for me as I stand here beside your table? I hope you have been encouraged today to know that the Holy Spirit is living inside you, ready to guide you, ready to empower you as you share your faith in Jesus with the people around you. So be sensitive to the Spirit's leading, to His promptings. Don't, don't resist them. Don't get so caught up in life that you'd miss them. Because the Holy Spirit knows what He's doing. You're going to be much better off if you listen to Him than if you don't. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray for the people and with the people that God brings into your life. Especially if they don't know Him. Our outreaches are church. Our outreaches, individual believers, will be as good as it possibly can be if we are led by the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you've been with us today uh, in, in uh, this service time. It's easy to come close to you and feel close to you when we're in worship together. It's not as easy on Monday morning or maybe late Friday night. Or at times when, when uh, we're stressed out or we're, we're worrying about this or that. Or, or our, our schedules have gone crazy and we can't even think straight. Lord, I pray that you increase our sensitivity to your spirit. That we would realize that you have placed yourself within us. You have given us this indwelling presence that our conversations with you can happen anytime. I pray for anyone that is here today, Lord, that has not experienced this, has not understood this. That, that you would open their eyes and their hearts to this. I pray for those that are not yet believers, that are not yet following Christ, that they would understand the tremendous benefits that will be theirs when they finally submit to you and they acknowledge that, that uh, you are their Lord and Savior. And I pray for all of us that we would be growing uh, in our awareness of you in our lives. Uh, as a church, Lord, uh, we have, have uh, often resorted to our own intelligence or to our own strength or to our own resources 
uh, to our detriment. We have stayed in weakness. We have stayed in uh, less effectiveness than we might have had because we have only been dependent on ourselves. But Lord, we put ourselves uh, in dependence upon you. We realize that nothing that happens for eternity happens outside of prayer. We pray today that you would uh, be on our hearts, that we would be praying to you in new ways, in better ways, and we would be lifting up the needs of our loved ones and those that we haven't even met yet who need you. Lord, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.